Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of the podcast by the still water. It is our intent that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Again, thank you for listening. I would like to introduce you to Adam Jones. I heard his message he titled Three Breaths and knew it would fit in perfectly with the themes and ideas that we've been discussing on the podcast. Here is Adam Jones. You and I are doing the same thing right now. We all do it every moment of every day. We are breathing. I imagine that we do it so involuntarily that we take it for granted. But take a deep breath and let it out. Think about the life that flows throughout your body that begins with that one breath. Now, I want you to think about three breaths. Three breaths that changed everything for all eternity. The first breath. To give you the context, the city is busy. The Census Bureau is at work counting everyone. All the inns are filled up such that one couple spends the night in the stables. The livestock is rustling around. There's the stench of urine, dung, and sheep in the air. This is the place where it happens. The infinite becomes finite. The omnipotent becomes breakable. God has become a fetus. The creator of life is being created in the womb of Mary. And now it's time. It's time for God to be a newborn baby. As the creator comes into this world, think of that one moment when he takes his first breath of air. His lungs fill up and he lets out his first cry heard by a peasant girl and a carpenter. Think what it must have felt like to go from the warmth of the womb to the cold air of the world, to lay against the coarse hay in the manger. Max Lucado said, The pain has been eclipsed by wonder. She looks into the face of the baby, her son, her Lord, his majesty. At this point in history, the human being who best understands who God is and what he is doing is a teenage girl in a smelly stable. She can't take her eyes off him. Somehow, Mary knows she is holding God. So this is he. She remembers the words of the angel. His kingdom will never end. He looks like anything but a king. His face is prunish and red. His cry, though strong and healthy, is still the helpless and piercing cry of a baby. And he is absolutely dependent on Mary for his well-being. Majesty in the midst of the mundane. But why? It's so that he could be like us and live like us. He experienced everything you and I live through. Do you realize that he had uncontrollable laughter? He got tired and weak. And there's even the physical pain. Do you think about Jesus as a carpenter when he would get splinters in his hand? Or hunger, sadness, and even joy? In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 2, we're told that he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful 
and faithful mediator in the service of God, to make a sacrifice for the sins of the people. Because he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he then is able to help those who are being tempted. He did that for you and me. But now let's move on to the second breath. It's the Passover, but instead of celebrating, the people are standing outside Jerusalem, looking up at Jesus hanging on a cross. He's been hanging there for almost six hours after being spit upon, beaten, and whipped earlier that morning. Blood drips down from all of his wounds. For almost three hours, everything has been in darkness. And at that moment, Jesus cries out with a loud voice, It is finished! Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. It's his last breath. We're told by Luke that Jesus called out with a loud voice and said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. I want you to notice that Jesus never surrendered himself to death. It didn't take hold of him like death takes hold of you and me. But Jesus delivered himself over to death. He voluntarily breathed his last and gave himself to death. His body still had the strength to cry out in a loud voice. In John chapter 10, Jesus makes this statement. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. He's talking there about his life. As life drains away from his body, the source of life now separated from his body. But why? He is paying our payment. He has accomplished everything he came to do on this earth. Now he is suffering all the just and eternal punishment for all our sins. We're told that the wages of sin is death. In purposely breathing his last, Jesus is paying the full wages of sin in the place of sinners so that we can have life with God. Think about what Paul says in Colossians 2. There it says, for having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. My sins, your sins, were nailed to the cross. He did that when he breathed his last. But there's one more breath I want you to consider. It's early Sunday morning at the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. There in the darkness lies his body, wrapped in the linen strips with spices. Everything is silent. No one is there to see it, but it happened. One moment there is nothing, and then the next, air fills his lungs. His heart begins to beat. He rises through the wrappings, leaving them as evidence of his resurrection. The earth moves and quakes to signify that is happening. I wonder, did light 
pour out of him, shattering the darkness just as it did at his transfiguration. Out of the silence comes the roaring lion, the lion of Judah, alive. He declares death, he declares the grave has no claim on him. He is the powerful king who has gained the victory over all things. Again, in Colossians 2, it says, When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Can you imagine the shouts in heaven? Did they all say, Yes! He sealed the promise to us with that breath of life. There is life beyond the grave for you and me. His resurrection guarantees not only our salvation, but our ultimate prize, to be with Jesus in the presence of our Father. You see, three breaths that made him our living hope for now and all eternity. There's a new favorite song that I have. And as we close, I want to just share with you the chorus of that song. It's entitled, Living Hope. And the chorus, it says, Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ my living hope. Three breaths make him our living hope. Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our intent to be an encouragement to you in your journey to find and understand the Word of God. We encourage you to contact us with questions or comments. You can find us on the web on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. Or you can find us on our website, which is concordchristians.com. That is concordchristians.com. Again, Thank you for listening.